Rachel. And this is Danielle. In Convocation With is dedicated to highlighting the journey of Berea College alumni and friends. Follow along with us as we interview members of the 2012 Berea alumni class to learn more about their time in the bubble and beyond. And this is In Convocation With. Welcome. Martha Roberto is the owner and operator of Wren Bird Wares, a small batch pottery business she runs out of her home in Canton, North Carolina. Martha grew up in North Carolina, graduated from her local high school in 2007, and served one year in the National Civilian Community Corps. She then attended Berea College, where she graduated with a bachelor's in English. After much traveling and working miscellaneous jobs, she returned home and pursued her longtime dream of being a full-time working artist. Yay! We're so excited to have you today, Martha. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. So we're going to start off with a hard hitting question, Martha. Do it. Let's go. What is your favorite piece of pottery to make? Oh, coffee mugs. Easy. You don't even have to think about it. Well, I love that you also like to make coffee mugs because you make the ones that are literally like the perfect size for my hands. So I like, I personally really appreciate that because it, there's nothing worse than holding like an uncomfortable mug when you're trying to drink your coffee or tea. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, it's all part of the craft of the handle, you know, the handle's got to feel, got to feel good and it's got to look good. So he's true. Well, you make a fantastic mug. So thank you for your work. Well, thank you. Thank you. Are you a coffee or a tea drinker, Martha? Coffee. For sure. Yeah. I like tea, but I mean, coffee is necessary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so Martha, Rimbird Wares, it's so exciting that you own and operate your own pottery business. How did it get started? Um, well, way back <laughs> in a little southern Kentucky town called Berea College. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I, one of the reasons that I wanted to go to Berea was because they had a, not only did they have a ceramic program, like, like you could get a degree in it, but it was, you could work there. And I just thought that that was such a, a cool, um, what's the word? Like, um, it, it, it was cool that I could, like, I could get a job working there and pursue a degree in something else. Like that was like the perfect marriage of what I wanted. Um, so yeah, that was the first time I ever really like had anything to do with clay was my freshman year. Um, I got hired on in the ceramic studio and I never looked back. So yeah. Is that right? I, I didn't know that. I, I just assumed, so Martha and I worked together at the student crafts on the square um, gallery, and I just assumed that you had come into Berea with a knowledge of ceramics and pottery. That's that's really astounding because you are a natural. If you've ever seen Martha throw on a wheel, it's like magic. Thank you. Well, yeah, like, I mean, I've always been a creative person, and I've always loved art, so 
Um, I've always been good with my hands. I had a feeling that it would come easy to me. I just never been given the opportunity to try. Um, and you know, it, Berea college, like any job that you have, you're working 20 to 30 hours a week there. So you're going to get good at whatever you're doing, (laughs) you know, if you spend that much time doing something. So, yeah. Well, I I think I'm going to take us back just a little bit before the pottery thing, because um, you were part of the Civilian Conservation Corps, correct? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, go ahead. So what, what drew you to that out of high school? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I grew up in North Carolina in sort of like a working class family. Um, we were, um, we were involved in our church. So I did a lot of volunteer work. Um, I've sent, I've like since, you know, kind of gotten out of church and religion, but I think I've kept a lot of good stuff with me. So, um, volunteering and like giving back was always kind of a big part of my life. Um, and college and higher education was never something that my parents have pushed on me. Um, you know, they were very wary of me taking on like a large amount of debt as like an 18 year old. Um, they cautioned me to like really know what I wanted to do before I did anything like that. Um, So college wasn't something that was like on my radar really. And I didn't really want to go like I, you know, high school was okay and I made good grades, but I just didn't have, there wasn't anything that I really wanted to do. And I didn't have the desire to go to college right after high school. Um, but I also didn't want to stay and like live at my parents' house and, you know, work a minimum wage job. So um, I did um, AmeriCorps is like the umbrella program. And then I did a program underneath that called um, C National Civilian Community Corps. Um, and it's a year long program and it's um, free and it's like kind of like the Peace Corps, but you stay in the United States. So mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, we worked a lot with the Habitat for Humanity and the wildland firefighting. Um, we did all kinds of really cool stuff and that just got me kind of out in the world. I was based out of Sacramento, California. So I got to see a lot of the West coast and it was just a really, really cool experience. It was super empowering. And I think it really like one, it looked really good on my resume when I did decide to go to school. And then Mm -hmm. two, it was just like such an empowering experience of, you know, seeing a part of the United States and kind of being on your own in a capacity that wasn't like super scary. Like you had a lot of support and like a built-in network of people there for you. So it was cool. Well, and didn't you work with like Brad Pitt or something at one of the builds? (laughs) Uh, He was in, we we were in New Orleans. We worked in New Orleans because it was like around Katrina. It was like a few years after Katrina had hit. Um, and he was putting up some housing. I can't even remember. He was there for some reason. And we ended up going to like a, like a party for his, for something that he was doing. And yeah, there was like music and dancing and he was there and Angelina was there and it was wild. <laughs> we met like a lot of, we met a lot of like famous people in New Orleans while we were down there. It was really funny. 
That is super fun. It it sounds like a really fun experience. The people that I know that have done a similar like yeah. situation of doing Civilian Conservation Corps or AmeriCorps have had the best experiences and it has been like really like life shaping. So yeah. I'm glad to hear from you because you're our first podcast guest that we've interviewed that has had that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Such, I If anybody wants to talk more about it, after they listen to this podcast, message me, email me. I could talk for days about what an incredible opportunity it is for young people, either after high school or even after college. So yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. We appreciate it. Yeah. Service work is so important. And I think it's courageous. You did it right out of high school. Um, And it seems like the values and the commitments that were cherished in that role transitioned really well to your time at Berea College. Is that what kind of like motivated you to decide that it was the right fit? Yeah, I mean, so many reasons why I chose Berea. But absolutely, like that one was a huge part. Um, I think the, um, like, like I said, you know, being raised with working class parents that really appreciate the power um, and importance of like hard work and work ethic um, and, um, you know, experience, I guess, like work experience. I think that was like a, a big um, benefit. And yeah, like the service aspect of Berea was great. And, um, and then just, I don't know, I remember, well, I mean, the cost, (laughs) like, let's be honest, like that is like the, the kicker right there. I remember like finding out that it was, you know, essentially going to be paid for. And it just felt like it was too good to be true. Like there was like, uh, you know, like, like the the other shoe was going to drop and it was going to be like a really bad school or they were going to hit you with something, but it's like (laughs) such a cool thing. So um, yeah, it was just kind of the perfect place. And I remember going to visit it, you know, before I think, I guess I was being interviewed and it was just like, it just felt, it just felt like such a good match. It felt like coming home. It really did. Um, like I just loved how, like the size of it and the students and yeah, I just loved it. I feel like that we hear that time and time again on this podcast is when people go for their interview or to visit, whichever it may be that they feel like they're coming home. And like, to me, like, I, like. I get chill bumps every time like I hear someone say it because it's it is so true and like I've had students over the years like as peer partners in my special education classes and and when they ask me like well how did you know like that it was the right school I'm like if it feels like you're coming home like that's how you know that yeah. is the school you need to be at and that's what I tell them and I not because I find that the people who the students that I've had over the years that choose a school that does not feel like home they don't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's not to say that like everything was amazing. Like I had a really hard, you know, first year, I would say like, despite how wonderful of a fit it was, like you're still, it's still going to be like, you know, you're going to have your moments where it's hard to make friends or you feel like you don't fit in, but um, you'll find your, your people soon. So 
Yeah. Was there something in particular that like that made your first year really hard? Um, I think, um, you know, I was like, so I did take a couple years off after high school. And so I came in with like a slight age difference, which isn't a big deal now, but like when you're in your teens and early twenties, it's like a huge deal. Um, and so I think I came in with these other experiences that, that made me sort of like self-isolate in a way. Um, and I felt a little bit like, um, I don't know, like, I just didn't feel as, I just didn't feel like a normal freshman. And, um, and I think that was like, that was hard. It was hard to like bond with a lot of like the 18 year olds that were right out of high school. Um, but uh, I mean, other than that, it was just me, like, it was just me being insecure. <laughs> like there wasn't really, I don't think that there was really like a thing that happened or anything like that. It's just like going from a place that you're comfortable in into a new place is hard. And for someone like me who, you know, has a hard time with change, um, and, you know, maybe takes a little while to get to know people. Um, it's just going to be, you know, a, a harder transition than maybe more outgoing people. Um, but yeah, I was just like an insecure, you know, 20 something year old and had a lot of like my defenses up. So, yeah. Did you have any professors or mentors or friends like in the Berea College community that really helped you like start to click after that freshman year? Yeah, so I made, um, I ended up making really good friends with um, my friend Nikki, um, who she, we worked together in the ceramic studio and she's like my best friend to this day. Um, and I think like meeting her, um, just kind of like meeting a kindred spirit, you know, and like getting to know their group of friends and just sort of bonding over, you know, I think she was equally as, you know, displaced feeling as me. And so kind of knowing that you're not alone in that experience is so helpful. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I think I ended up meeting, I think I ended up meeting you guys, like, at the end of like my freshman year, I think, and all of all of y'all's friends. And, you know, I joined the swim team, which was kind of like a step out of my comfort zone. Um, I had swam in high school and wasn't very good, but I just like wanted to make friends. So I joined the swim team and I met a lot of friends through that. And, um, you know, your, your group just kind of grows exponentially, um, especially in Bria, because it's small. So you end up kind of getting to know everybody. So, yeah. Well, and I feel like the sports scene, definitely it, you get to go do things like you, like you leave campus, like, especially if you can't afford to leave campus or you didn't have a car, like your freshman year and stuff, like being yeah. on a sports team was like so exciting because then you got to go to Golden Corral and, you yeah. know, that's a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Or yeah, a lot of, a lot of CC's pizza. It depended on who your coach was, like where you like typically ended up eating yeah. <laughs> over and over yeah. and over. Okay. Can you for just a second? Give me just mm -hmm. a second. I think Nate is in the kitchen and I'm like all insecure that he's listening, but I think he has his headphones in. So oh, I was like, I was like, is that screaming on her end or my end? But that's definitely, that was okay. 
yours yours is sleeping mine is yeah. Yeah, mine yeah. are screaming <laughs> okay um so back to sports um I definitely think like the sports scene definitely can increase like your friendship group because you're practicing for typically like two hours sometimes mm-hmm. more every day yeah. with the same people and so you like people that you might not normally have gotten to know, like you're kind of like forced to get to know, especially when you have those longer trips all across the state and out of state with those same people. So I think that was a really smart idea to get on those teams. And I'm glad that I got to to join you on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some team, so fun. <laughs> Amazing. And I know for me, Martha, hearing you say that, you know, you felt like you self-isolated or that you maybe didn't feel like you were a part of the, the group and the community. It's like, for me, I remember meeting you and you're just as warm and lovely and intelligent. And like, I met you under like the art scene and like being in the student crafts. And also like, I think we took similar courses. How did you end up being work study in the arts and then English major? Yeah, so I think this is a really important thing to talk about and has sort of affected my whole future after Berea, but essentially <laughs> I didn't want to major in art for a couple of reasons. One, because I didn't want it to be sort of like tainted by like the drudgery of it being like studied and like your major and all those hours, right? I loved it so much, like, especially pottery that I was like, I'm so afraid that if I, you know, dive all in that it's just going to become like work and I'm not going to want to do it. The other big reason I didn't major in art was because I had this voice in my head saying like, it's pointless. Like that's a pointless major. And it's a wait, it's a waste of time essentially. Like, what are you going to do with it? I didn't really want to teach. Um, and I didn't have, I didn't know anybody that did art full time. Like, that's what I wanted. I've always wanted to be an artist. That's like, well, I was like my dream, but I was like, I don't know anybody that is a full-time artist. I don't know how you would even do that without like moving to like New York city. You know, I just like, I have very small ideas of what my life could look like and what I wanted. And I didn't know that there were ways to achieve what I wanted Um, so I think a lot of fear kept me from majoring in art. Mm -hmm. The other thing, so I ended up majoring in English, which like, (laughs) isn't very applicable, but here are my reasons in majoring in English. I wanted to be an agriculture major. That was like something that I actually pursued like the first two years, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do with it, but I knew that I really liked, like, I loved being outside. I liked working with my hands. I loved the farm. I worked on the farm a lot. Like chemistry destroyed me. And I knew that I was the type of person that I, I didn't want my four years of college to be spent in the library, like studying day in and day out. And I knew that if I was going to major in like a science, that that's the amount of work that I was going to have to put into it to get good grades. So I ended up majoring in English because I was like, you know what? Like, I love to read. I'm a good writer. I've always been a good writer. This is going to be like a major that I know I'll get good grades in. And 
I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I'm just going to go with this and invest in my friendships, get good grades, get a degree, and then just kind of see what happens when I graduate. Um, and, and like now looking back at my life and my time in Bria, I do have regret. Like I do wish that I had majored in, in art because here I am a full-time artist and how cool would it be to have a degree, to be able to go get a master's degree to, you know, um, I don't know. There's so many things that I could have done with that degree that I didn't realize. Um, so that was kind of a long answer. No, I love it because I love it because I think like there's so many other students that are incoming or currently at Berea that, or have gone through Berea and are like, what did I do? Like, was this the right choice? Like, should I like follow my heart? Like what, what should I do? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to share that story with us. And especially with you, like, when did you get your first Instagram? Oh, well, my art Instagram, I got in 2018. That's kind of when I really started, like, I started selling, like, my stuff, like, you know, part-time, you know, I was still working full-time, but then doing that on the side. So 2018, I've had, I've had this art Instagram for five years now. Yeah. But like, you didn't have an Instagram account in college. I, I don't Mm -hmm. even remember when Instagram I didn't, Actually, have a, like, I didn't have an right. iPhone. I didn't have a smartphone until I was like and 20, I was 26 when I got a smartphone. So that would have been like 2016 or something. 2000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, I think that's so important to highlight for, for some of these like generations that kind of grew up with these things at the ready to where they can research and see that there are people just like out there crushing it. And there's all these new different mediums for selling their art. So I think that is so important to highlight that. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's so true. Cause yeah, we, we sort of came, we, we went through our time in Berea at like the cusp of social media, like Facebook was pretty popular, but it wasn't like, you didn't have a computer in your pocket at 24 seven. And, you know, I remember, cause I did spend a lot of time in the art department and I remember talking to a few of the, you know, like the teachers and the adults. And I remember, you know, hearing a lot of like, it's really hard to be a full-time artist. Like not necessarily being like, you can't do it. It's not going to happen. But like, just being like, the reality is like, it's hard to sell your art and not have like a side job or like be a teacher and, and sell your art on the side. Like, and I think it was true at that time. Like social media has made such a huge improvement to, you know, kind of like the hobby artist who maybe wants more than they have you don't have to have a gallery you don't have to have you know fancy equipment to take pictures or anything like that like you just you really kind of need an iphone and some creativity so um yeah i never thought i would be where i am you know 10 years ago so 
And for anyone who's listening, Martha is wildly successful. I mean, her her work sells out when she does her sales. <laughs> I mean, you you have a large following and fan base. I know Dano and I both follow and love everything you produce. Uh, how like organically have you built like this business model really effective? Yeah. And like, I don't, I thank you. I so appreciate that. But I also don't want you guys, I don't want people to think that like, I, I am not, um, I am super excited with where I am in my work, but I also like, that comes with a lot of insecurity because, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily making like as much money as I want to make. There's, there's so much, you know, behind the scenes that you don't see. Like my work doesn't always sell out. There were, a, there was a point in time where it did, but it just comes and goes. It just depends on the market. And like, I know last year, you know, with inflation and like the middle class getting hit hard, like people aren't spending their money. So it just all depends. So, you know, I'm not like a superstar or anything, but uh, yeah, I am super proud of what I've done and how I've grown my business. Um, and my um, my sort of I don't I don't know what to call it. Essentially, I post regularly. I just keep posting. <laughs> like that's like that's like what I do. I just keep posting, regardless of who comments or likes or what I just keep doing it and occasionally you get lucky and I think like social media is so much luck like yes there is some things that you can do like I bought a new iPhone this year like I invested in that because it the camera is like so much nicer and I didn't want to have to teach myself how to take pictures on like an actual camera and like edit and all that stuff I don't have time to do that so I just bought like the nicest iPhone that I could so that's, you know, that helps since social media is such a visual thing. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I'm, I'm on my, I'm, I mean, it's marketing. It's what it is. So I market myself as much as I possibly can. Um, and um, I also pay for ads. Like a lot of people don't do that. And like, especially in the beginning, I paid for ads and they work, you know? So if you're somebody who does have a business that wants to, you know, market yourself on Instagram, like, yeah, it's like Instagram is free and TikTok is free, but like everybody else pays for marketing. So like, don't be ashamed to do that. Cause that's how, that's a lot of how I got my, you know, my name out there and stuff. And then I got a lot of followers just, honestly by luck like I had a couple videos that went viral which is just like I had nothing to do with that um they were not any different than any other video I'd ever made and they just somehow got a lot of views and I got a lot of followers so it's all about just kind of you know every day showing up so yeah but we super appreciate your transparency with that because I think that uh, a lot of people aren't transparent uh, with their social media lives and you think like everything is, you know, just like exploding for them. And you're like, why isn't it like if you're trying to market whatever it may be on social media, you're thinking like, oh, like, why isn't it happening for me? And so I know I personally have called Martha several times <laughs> to get advice uh, on social media. And so it's 
so refreshing to hear like, like true transparency within that social media. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not a lot of the stuff that I post bombs. Um, and you just, I mean, I like what I make and you have to kind of just have thick skin and know that like, you're okay. And you know, it's all good. So, yeah. So true. So true. So what inspires the work that you've been doing most recently? Um, oh gosh, I love, um, I, I do a lot of like, kind of work around like the seasons, um so just kind of depending on the season like right now we're we're getting into spring so I'm doing a lot of like you know like pastel colors bright colors I'm getting into bugs I don't know where that came from but I have a lot of like bugs on my stuff now which is really fun like caterpillars and stuff but I do a lot of like cute stuff and I remember in college like when we would do our critiques like we weren't allowed to say cute you couldn't tell somebody that their work was cute but like I think that my stuff is really cute. And I think that that is showing that I didn't actually go to school for (laughs) art. (laughs) Um, And like, you don't have to, like, if you want to be an artist, you can, you don't have to go to school for it. Uh, But you could go to Bria College and work and, you know, so yeah. Um, But yeah, so I'm inspired by like, yeah, the seasons. Um, I love holidays. I do a lot of like holiday themed stuff. I really like kitschy, kitschy stuff. I like animals. Um, So a lot, you'll see a lot of like sculpting, um, like 3D work within my, my pottery. So a lot of bright colors. I've been really getting into these like effects glazes which are like um either crackled or like gloopy drippy glazes so i'm i'm definitely not like a traditional uh uh like craft potter i wouldn't say i'm pretty like sort of like pop pop art contemporary so well i thank you for that like (laughs) i mean (laughs) i like this is please potters don't hate me out there in the world any other mud witches like don't hate on me but like I feel like so much pottery like to an untrained eye like all looks the same to me it is all brown and like neutrals and like for for the people that lack that like good for you but like I have a bright pink mug made by Martha with tiny little deer playing in a candy cane forest and it is perfection like I I love it and she did like this these yetis in like in like tiny snow-covered houses this winter and so like your work is just fantastic so thank you thank you I love the cats all of the cats are so cute they're perfect and Mm -hmm. I love Martha's a little cheeky. She's a little risque and she likes to do some different things. Like I'm always seeing the cat buttholes and I'm like, I can see her making these and giggling, which gives me joy. Yeah, no, I have so much fun. I have so much fun making my stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm super grateful. I'm with, with what I do. I think, um, you know, taking it back to college, like, no, I didn't major in kind of what I'm doing now, but I think everything has coalesced to, to, you know, to lead us to where we are. And, and I'm really happy with where I am right now. So, and hopefully it's only up from here. So, 
Yeah. It is. And, and just so you know, we are so proud of you because to go from no business degree to starting your own company and all the uphill that goes along with that. If you have not started your own company, folks, it is so much learning there. Like it is like getting a degree on YouTube university and online and there's so much work behind it. So Martha, we are so proud of you for, for all that you have done and grown your business and you're a working mama. Like you are incredible and we are so proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so, and I know when we were in school, we took a classical etymology course. And at the time, Martha was nicknamed Potsherd. That was her her Latin name. Um, And I I think that was just a you and I thing. But I think it became a class thing. And it was really funny to us, not the professor. He did not find it funny. I think he did. I think he secretly. Do you think he secretly? I think he did. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's like come to fruition. And every time I see your stuff, I'm like, little potsherd's doing her thing. So cute. And we would be remiss, Martha, not to ask you, like, did you have a favorite class or professor while you were at Purdue? Yes, I had, because I sort of like, was I all over the place? Um, which I guess a lot of people are um, when they go to college, but I can't remember his name and I hate myself for this, but he oh. taught, he taught animal science. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll have to like Google it and text it to you. Maybe you can edit it in. Um, but he was such an incredible teacher um, and it was such a fun class and it took place on the farm and we like you know, we learned how to like castrate pigs and um, like treat goats for worms. And it was like super hands-on and so fun. And he just made it like, he made all of the science like so palatable and fun. And then within my, within the English department, um, I really, I really always appreciated um, Dr. Um, Cohen's classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought he was like such a challenging and um, a challenging professor and somebody who I felt like he treated us like adults and like equals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always really, really appreciated his his classes. I thought they were they were always really engaging. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay, for a very fast uh-huh. question. Yes. What was your favorite convocation? Oh, my, uh, so I don't have, I don't have a favorite convocation, but I do, I do love, I always appreciated the nighttime, like, um, music convocations and the ones that were more lively because they usually included dancing, which was so much fun. Um, but you know, convocations were not what I looked forward to at Berea. Um, but I enjoyed like the coming together as a community to sort of be in the spot. Um, and so I was always, you know, loving like whoever I was sitting beside and getting to sort of like take in that experience with the people around me. I think that was what was really important to me. Well, not necessarily like the, the, um, 
like the meat of what it was about, but just sort of like the whole experience was really cool. I loved that like the community members would come out and stuff too. So um, that's what I really appreciated about convocations was like the coming together. Yeah. I love that. It yeah. makes me want to like go back I just know. to like experience, like be one of those sweet, sweet older people that I would know. come to convocations or yeah. sit on the lawn and listen to the bells. I love it. I wish I could go back. It would be so much fun. Do you know what I loved? Pe- did you guys ever do peanut butter and gender? I know you did. Yes. Rachel. I love peanut butter and gender. Not only because the speakers were incredible. Like I think peanut butter and gender above convocations any day, but there was free food. And it was delicious. It was, it was so, so good. It was so good. It was so good. So yeah, I love peanut butter and gender. Like you always got like a really cool, like feminist author in and stuff. And like, yeah, it was a little bit more intimate than the convocations. Those were so fun. So I, I thought so too. They were amazing. Well, Martha, we thank you so much for joining us today on In Convocation With. It's been a blast getting to relive some of these memories with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you.